Today on We Need to Talk, we talk about personality, what a personality is, what it means, and if I am actually dumb. Maybe. We need to talk. Volatility is an aspect of the big five factor neuroticism. Volatility is a measure of a person's mood stability, irritability, and their ability to regulate their emotions. People who score higher in volatility tend to vary in their moods. They are easily stirred up and can be irritable. They can sometimes lose their composure and tend to be prone to lashing out. People who score lower in volatility tend to vary less in their moods. Their moods are more predictable. They are difficult to stir up and tend not to be irritable. They rarely lose their composure and aren't likely to lash out. Uh, you're going to be very low in volatility. Um... I don't even... Can you score a one? Uh, I'll, I'll put you at, like, three. No. I'll put you at five, because then I get the full spread. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you're absurdly low. So I'm at 14. Oh, wow. And I think the... I, I don't think I'm prone to emotions, really. Uh, I have a pretty stable mood, but I am prone to irritation and frustration. Like, mm -hmm. I think those are my two primary emotions. Uh, like, finding things annoying, uh, finding things irritating, and finding things frustrating. Uh, so, I, I, I think that's probably the explanatory, explanatory factor there. Mm. Okay. But, yeah, other emotions, yeah, very much so. And, I am somewhat surprised by that. Because, I mean, you said yourself, like you have that even keel where you don't like once you what what did you call it um uh, emotional momentum yeah the the inertia like yeah because once you get up to a mood it's hard for you to change that mood and vice versa like if you're not in one it's hard to get into one so i think that's the volatility the likeliness of switching moods quickly mm -hmm. uh, which is why i put you so low um, but I didn't take into consideration the irritability or frustration, which I I can see being the case. Even still, that's very low. Yeah. Yeah. And to be fair, with the irritability, I think that's a buildup over time. Uh, mm -hmm. So it is kind of the same thing, but kind of like a pot kettling or whatever. Like the like, like let's, say, let's say at work, like my work day might start out all right. Right. But then I start getting people messaging me about stupid crap and then issues start happening stuff starts breaking some takes longer like all those little annoyances is built up and that's where i start getting like irritable but you know it, it's it's not like i'm like Ugh, then uh it, it's, it's a build up uh, for you yourself i would probably say you're pretty low as well i think probably lower than me just based off your other score so i'd probably say two okay uh i'm at four uh, and I think one of the big things there is like it says, even if highly provoked in a dispute, person of very low volatility will rarely react in kind. Um, so I, I can stay calm even in high stress situations. And I've had jobs that I've needed to do that where I've been being yelled at and screamed at and I can just sit there and let them talk. But again, I think that that's a projection of them, not me. So I don't usually take those emotions personally i just let them let them get out what they need to get out and then we can have a conversation it's because otherwise it's not even talking it's them it's like if it's i think of it like they have all this ang all this heat this anger inside them and they're breathing out fire 
And then once they get all of that heat and anger out of them, once they get that heat out of their belly, then you can actually talk. But you can't talk when you're breathing fire, you know? Hmm. Hmm. And it's not... It's not my fault that they're breathing fire. Like that's it's a lot. Of, sometimes it's not their fault either. It just is what it is. And let's get that out and then let's talk. Mm-hmm. I think I have a slightly, like I have the same sort of like method, but maybe a different perspective. Cause my perspective on that is more that what's the matter? Like a customer service role. Like my goal is to help them. That's my job. And that's what I want to do. But I can't do that when they're doing this. So I have to get into like a state where I can actually do my job because otherwise I'm just here just kind of like, like this is kind of wasting my time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've had it in personal experiences too. And it gets, it's bad because my natural response to somebody being mad and yelling, like yelling very angry at me is to laugh and to smile. And I've, it's gotten me in a lot of trouble. Like at work, a uh, boss had, would pull me into an office. I remember this at one job, they pulled me into the office and were like mad at me about something. And I was like smiling and like, that obviously looks bad. Like I don't give a shit, but that's not the case. That's just like my defense mechanism for what I would see as like irrational over anger about something that like, okay, let's have a conversation about it. And you're taking this to like some crazy level. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily a good coping mechanism, but (laughs) it's all I got. So yeah. Yeah. So next one yep. is openness to experience. <clears throat> openness to experience is a big five personality trait associated with creativity, artistic interest, and intelligence. Openness to experience is a measure of a person's interest in novelty, art, literature, abstract thinking, and philosophy, as well as their sensitivity to the aesthetic emotions and duty. Research shows that openness is fairly associative, which means that couples tend to align more in this personality dimension. Uh, and saying here that openness to experience breaks down two components, openness and intellect. So uh, I would rate you... I'm trying to think here, because I think you're going to rate higher on the openness or higher in the intellect side but maybe a bit less on the open side if, if i was to guess i still think you're going to be above average uh because i think i think you're pretty open i mean our show is kind of based off like an open sort of uh predilection so i would probably say you are going to be it's probably 70 70 percentile okay uh, I rank 89th percentile. 89th? Yep. Hmm. Hmm. All right. All right. I can see that too. Uh, my main thought there is I don't know if you're as interested in sort of the artistic side and sort of like that side. Like I see more intellectually minded or more production minded. Uh, maybe not as much with the with, with like the literature and sort of thing, but definitely abstract thinking philosophy. I think that's up your alley. Mm. I I mean, I have the same perception of, of you. So um, I think, I think you'll rank lower than me in this though. You, you may rank higher than me in, in intellect, but I think lower than me in openness. So mm. I, I'm going to put you right around that 70, uh, 72, 72. So I'm 83. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
honestly, I would expect myself to be higher than you. And I don't know what that means exactly. But because uh, I see myself being very much into art and uh, like any, anything to do with those kind of dimensions. But mm -hmm. uh, I think I think it's the second part, the openness that is going to going to be the, the difference maker between the two of us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So to get to those two facets, which make up uh, intellect is an aspect of ex openness to experience. It measures a person's interest in ideas and abstract concepts. People who are higher in intellect tend to be more curious, verbally adept, with a richer vocabulary, and more interested in learning. Uh, importantly, the personality aspect of intellect is not the same as a person's intelligence or IQ. Intellect is a measure of interest in abstract, abstract ideas, essentially, while IQ is a measure of processing speed, verbal ability, working memory, and problem-solving capability, and is better measured with an IQ test. It is perfectly possible, although somewhat rare, to have a high IQ and a low score on the personality trait of intellect. Intellect is best thought of as an attitude or set of interests rather than an ability. So how how open are you to the to thinking abstractly philosophy, things like that. And I think you're very high in that, um, probably absurdly high. Uh, so I'll, I'm gonna go like in the nineties, 90, 93. So I am 82. Oh, wow. Which I would expect it to be higher myself. Uh, but at the same time, there's some stuff I don't care about and maybe that's reflective. Like like I think everything is interesting and all that sort of stuff, but I also have like my area of interest and things that are outside. Like it could be interesting, but it's kind of like whatever. You know, so, so maybe that's part of it. But I don't know. I would expect myself to be higher though. I agree with you. Mm. For you, I would think you would probably be in the same ballpark as me. Uh, I'll put you at eighty. Okay. Uh, I got 92. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I think one of the big difference makers between me and you is this one sentence here. Um, people very high in, in intellect find complex, rapidly changing occupations necessary. Um, They're much less well-suited to stable, straightforward, traditional occupations where the rules don't change and will experience frequent periods of boredom and intolerable levels of frustration in such positions. I don't think you necessarily mind uh, a job that, like, here's the job, do the job type thing as much as I do. Because that, I can't do those I've tried those jobs. I can't do them. Um, I think you, but, like, I think, like, a coding job is your ideal situation, at least right now. Mm -hmm. And I think that is more straightforward, stable. Um, there is problem solving in it, uh, but I think it's very, very, like, this is the thing. Hmm. Um, it's like an abstract stability, if that makes sense. Hmm. Whereas I like the, anything could happen and I need to find problems for that versus trying to find small problems within something that is very logical. I like the illogical aspect of it i think that kind of is the, the bigger difference there yeah i think you're that does really catch right there because i think that's what it is 
because uh, I, I, I assume then that we have a higher, like a similar level of just like, say, intellectual, like abstraction and curiosity, mm-hmm. but we just differ in that one aspect because I, I like it when a job is stable, where it has well-defined processes and things are predictable. And I think that goes somewhat to my like programming logical mind because everything has to be like, you know, fit into some sort of greater puzzle piece. It just can't just be like willy nilly all over the place or like reactive. I kind of hate that kind of crap. Yeah. I think you probably outside of the, what we're directly talking about, I think you probably have, you have a higher IQ than I do, but I think that my, I might learn faster. I think you end up with a better, I grasp onto the general concept faster and, but you like actually understand things in depth way deeper than I ever could even. Mm. Uh, and I think that's, that's super interesting. That's my perception. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm very detail oriented and I do a lot of processing. Like I, I take way too much time to process things and think about things. And I just kind of run through my head a million times. And I, I think it's also a degree of like, my confidence in myself like when i took this new job in the uh, it sector like there's a lot of stuff i didn't really know what i was doing i could like do things and i picked it up very quickly like they were surprised like because in the first couple of days i was already kind of like got the hang of what those things were but i i was like i don't know what i'm doing like this is weird like i just hope mm-hmm. i'm not gonna mess up something i didn't but <laughs> You know, so I, I think you're I think you're right on that, where I think you can get kind of get the hang of things you're like, oh, yeah, this is how this works and a bit more confident with that or maybe confident and competence combined. Yeah, maybe it's confident in uncertainty. I'm more confident in uncertainty than you are. Ah. You're you are very confident because, you know, very firmly, this is how it works. And I'm OK with being like, I think this is how it works and I'll move forward with it. And you won't move forward with it until you know, know that it works. Mm. And those have advantages and disadvantages. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You are correct in that. Yeah. That, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Uh, so one more, we go to the next factor here, which is openness. The final one. Ooh, final. I don't know if we discussed the general factors for neuroticism, uh, but we can come back to that at some point. Oh, did we not? Yeah. I don't think we did. Openness is an aspect of the big five factor openness to experience. It measures a person's creativity and interest in aesthetic experience. People who are higher in this aspect of openness tend to be artistic, creative, sensitive to beauty. People who are lower in this aspect of openness tend to be less artistic, less creative, and less sensitive to beauty. So I would put you, I'd probably put you at, uh, I think you're, pretty creative i think you're you're artistic uh i would i don't think you're like a an artist per se so i don't think you're on the extreme end but definitely above average i'd probably put you at 70 is how i'd say okay uh i at 75 so you're pretty much right on there hmm Hmm. 75 yeah yeah it I i think it's hard to factor all the things you do as well Maybe this is part of where modern practices don't quite capture these terms because you could say maybe shoutcasting and sort of announcing is a form of just expression in itself. 
Uh, mm-hmm. You know, maybe some of the, you did some speed runs, you know, which are part of that. This, this podcast is kind of an artistic expression in all ways too. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of different things that maybe are on this kind of artistic spectrum that aren't classically considered to be a part of that. Mm. I think the my, the music and writing are much more in line with that. And the other things are kind of a technical aspect. Like speedrunning is much more of a technical thing than an artistic expression. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, that and daydreaming, like getting lost in my own thoughts which is something you probably would have no way of knowing if that's something I do or not, um, that would fall more under the openness category. Yeah. I, if I could imagine you getting lost in your own thoughts, I think it would be you from a third person's perspective, watching yourself get lost in your own thoughts. Yeah, that's it. That's exactly <laughs> what happens. And it happens way more often than I want it to. Wait, wait, is that, are you being real? <laughs> And there's nothing I can do about it. I mean, yeah, I experience a lot of things third person. It's really fucked up. Okay. I was making a little joke there for a callback oh, from well. uh, the dream episode, but okay. Well, now we know. <laughs> uh, you're, I think you're higher than me in openness. I think you're more artistic than me. Your ability with music and with guitar is something I just don't have. I don't have that f- musical flow. Um I'm uh I'm gonna put you in like the 79th percentile. So I am 75. Ooh! Oh, we're exactly the same. Yes. So uh yeah yeah I'd say I'm pretty artistic. Uh I I don't think I'm like an artist though. Like I I I think there's an extra level above me that people take where they dedicate their life to it or like they just get like wrapped up in their work. Like I, I <laughs> love the work I do. I wouldn't consider my art a passion though. Like it, it's not a higher level. I, I think you kind of get like maybe to the 90th percentile. It has to be a passion for you. Mm. It, it, it's it's my, kind of my thought and it's, it's not there for me. Uh, that makes sense. Like uh, art is an outlet versus art is a lifestyle. Mm. Yeah. 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 And for me, artistic stuff is this interesting. And I kind of like looking at art because it kind of elicits a lot of like thoughts and emotions and uh, like th- just ideas. It's like it, sometimes the technical aspects are super interesting. Like if there's a painting, uh, I should give you an example. Uh, I have a painting. Let me just grab it here. So I have this painting right here. Oh, yeah, that one. It's. For people who can't see it, it's the uh, it's that Japanese wave thing. I, I forget what it's called exactly. Uh, I probably know, but uh, it's the one where the waves are kind of crashing into some people there, and that like I look at it and it just kind of entrances me. It has like all these different metaphorical aspects and just the way the wave shapes and how it's just so many things about the the painting which are just intriguing, and I don't know how it gives me the sense it does. Like the pieces shouldn't add up to the whole, but the whole is still there. It's uh, the Great Wave. Uh, it says the Great Wave of Kanagawa, yeah. also known as the Great Wave or simply the Wave, mm. depending how much you want to reduce that. <laughs> Japanese finger wave portrait. Uh, so. Yeah, I I see that. I think uh, like art makes you think 
differently. It like shifts your perspective or makes you take different uh, trains of thought than you normally would or really jumps tracks, I think, for you because you're, your mind is very, we've talked about this, like the connections are very firm in how they are in your brain. So anything that can make you go down a path you wouldn't normally, I think, is of a very big interest to you. Hmm. And that's where, where looking at art comes in for you. And that's where like, yeah, I, I get well influenced by art. Right now I'm trying to write a D&D campaign or change one that I've already written to fit uh, the current situation. And I write, I'm writing better while having the show Hannibal on in the background because the imagery in that and the, the headiness of that show, the art of that show is very, very good uh, and very deep. And it just like gets my brain flowing in a certain like down a certain path and then I can follow it. Um, so it's, I definitely like that stuff, but yeah, it's not, it's not my entire lifestyle at all. Mm. I would say that my, my intellect combines with my art a lot of times. Cause I think they're one and the same. Like mm. the reason why I picked up guitar was because I listened to Metallica and I didn't understand how they could achieve that sound. It, mm. it, it didn't make any sense to me. And so I learned guitar just for that reason. And then starting getting into some of like, like how does a chord work? Why, why does it actually function the way it does? Like, not just like, oh, like what notes make up a chord and you know, what, why, why is that? But why like on a technical level does, do these notes together end up working and ends up has to do with like say harmonizations happening in some sort of equal temperament and not like on irregular temperament. But mm. Uh, it's it's kind of the driver there. So a lot of those, they kind of get crossed a lot there for myself. Uh, I, I think you with your kind of like your rapping and your poetry, I think that is more pure artistic expression than it is kind of like an intellectual endeavor, if I was to guess. Uh, I mean, it, honestly, it's kind of both mm -hmm. because I like the intellectual gymnastics I have to do to make things rhyme and do so in a creative way uh it's very it can be like poetry can be formulaic especially if you're talking like a simple couplet that's just two words that rhyme at the with the same amount of syllables before them back to back or whatever and then like haikus are very formulaic but then when you get to like the higher and higher uh in the complexities of the rhyme schemes that's always super interesting to me where like you I, I saw somebody do that with like one of Eminem's first songs. I think it was like Lose Yourself. And they highlighted in different colors all the things that rhymed. And almost all of the main words rhymed with each other. Like in the course of a 10-word sentence, eight of the words would rhyme somewhere else in that same stanza with at least one other thing. And that's very interesting to me. And I think that takes a technical aspect. But to do that, and also tell a story or express something is like that is very high tier art to me personally mm. and it's something that i aim to achieve marrying that technical aspect with an artistic aspect in a way that is uh aesthetically pleasing or auditorily pleasing or whatever mm. Mm. right right now the openness dimension or openness experience like with people in real life uh, I think I see a lot here. Uh, I think most people, I don't know, like, like there's the average there. So most people are going to be average, of course. 
but most people I come across aren't really that open to things. They're not very intellectual. I meet some that are intellectual, and as soon as I find these people, like, it's so easy to start up a conversation with them, because it's like, I think they're starved for those kind of people, too. Oh, oh, oh. Fish stick? Uh, fish, fish stick. I like fish, fish sticks. Fish sticks, absurdly, Mason, mm-hmm. absurdly intellectual, but also very good with artistic stuff at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. he he is very much on that line to me. Mm-hmm there's I, I think we're a little bit different than some people because i think we're both high in openness and to experience sorry we're both high in openness we're also both high in intellect so i think mm-hmm. that's a cross there i've met some people who are kind of lower in intellect but high in say uh, openness oh, okay because and also the opposite way around too mm-hmm. uh, but uh Jimmy, actually, we brought up, he'd be high intellect, but very low in openness. He had no creativity bones in him. Uh, whereas there's other people I've met who they're very much about like their art and doing artistic stuff. And maybe they have some sort of intellectual, I, you know, ideas about stuff, but it's like, they think that intellectualism, intellectualism ruins stuff, right? It ruins the beauty of nature and what you're seeing. And you know, why bring that level of detail when it's not needed? Mm. So I, I think I've seen both combinations of those, but more generally, I think I see people who just not care, you know, apathetic. Um, no, I I see a lot of people who put that ve- like a lot of stress on art, um, way before the intellectual aspect. I think a, most people I know are more along that artistic side where they would say that art is more important than intellect. Um, so that's, that's interesting because it sounds like you're saying neither that people just don't care in general. Yeah. I think most people are apathetic, uh, though it depends on the person. I've, I've seen people who are higher in both, but then again, maybe the issue is I'm comparing themselves to me in my, mm. my level of interest and other people's interests maybe just aren't anywhere near mine. Uh, I think more people are more likely to watch a movie for the enjoyment or the artistic aspect than they are for like breaking down the deep concepts within it mm-hmm. which is why like a an art film would be would probably get more views than some sort of deep intellectual dive with very dry like intelligence or intellect only related stuff see Maybe I'm going to be splitting hairs here, but I don't mm-hmm. think most people watch movies for the art. They might say it's for the art, but I mm-hmm. think it's like the Michael Bay effect where they're watching for pretty explosions and like big dramatic moments. But I don't think they understand those moments because I don't know. I, I've tried talking to people about those things and maybe they just don't want to talk to me about it. You know, I understand that. I've also watched plenty of reactions to things and I don't like more than often people aren't really understanding what they're seeing and the, the, their view of it is like oh wait game of thrones like a lot of things people take away from game of thrones is oh sex violence oh yeah do you see this betrayal blah 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 and it, they don't actually comprehend the art and the style that's there or you say the intellectual aspects to it so that, that's what i mean by apathetic and maybe i'm just super pessimistic i i guess I'm seeing it more as if they're enjoying the art, then that's them being on the artistic side. And if they're trying to break down the art, that's the intellectual side. Huh. Huh. 
So I think I, I think we might agree in general, but our hey, guess what, Nate? Came down to semantics again. Uh, <laughs> what our definitions of these things are it might be slightly different. So semantics is. The <laughs> <laughs> are you getting semantical about semantics again when i was editing that back on that previous podcast i was just like cringing <laughs> so let's go back to neuroticism in a general sense uh, um so neuroticism is feeling the feeling of negative emotions and yeah i mean we're obviously both on the very low end of that which is very interesting i think a lot of people feel especially now nowadays it seems like anxiety might be higher than ever before um but i think a lot of people feel like the the fear and and anger and all of that irritability much higher than than we do at minimum uh, i see a lot of that and it affecting people's decisions and uh, how they live their life and a lot of times really straining their life because they have that neuroticism the the sensitivity to the negative emotions mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's hard for me to really judge because i think people often are uh like some people are very over emotional like it's a little too much uh but more than often I see people are rationally emotional uh definitely a lot more sensitive than i am but i don't think a lot of it's bad uh some of it can be kind of annoying like when people irrationally worry about something and they just keep on it. And like, I, I try to like calm down a little bit and just doesn't work. Y- you know, th- th- that that's, that's in the way I, I find that frustrating because well, mm. it's like, sometimes there's logical, you know, kind of things. Like if this happens in this, if this happens in that, right. You know, we don't have much to worry about here. Just deal with it when it gets there. And mm. I understand. Cause I build myself up with some anxiety type stuff too. But I, I think where I just have a harder time understanding people where it gets kind of more into the irrational state. But I think most people, they're, they're decently level-headed. Some people are crazy though. Some people, they flip out for no reason. Uh, some people, they get way too happy. Uh, I, I think maybe, maybe the P, I get, I get uncomfortable with people who are overly uh it would be overly neurotic who are very high in sensitivity emotions, like positive emotions. Like I've, I've been around groups that get overly happy and chatting and laughing. And this, it just, it's just like a hoot and a holler. And it's just like, let's bring this down here. This is way too loud. This is way too eccentric. Let's, let's stop having fun so much. Is that a? Ref- I don't think that's a reflection of neuroticism. I think that's a reflection of extroversion versus introversion. I think you're right there. I think you're right there because wait, neuroticism is sensitivity to negative emotion. Yeah. Okay. Like, how likely are you to feel sad? To feel anxious? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So in that case, scratch that. I'm completely wrong. Oh my. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I I think some people that's right because people get more sensitive yeah i think other people get way too more sensitive like like they're they're a little too sensitive but i think most people are all right i I think the big issue i have is like people with phones like this is a pet peeve a lot of people have but like i I think there's a time and a place right and there's a way to do it but I, i got really annoyed with my brother because 
we were playing a game of Catan, like in person, you know, the whole family's there. And he spent the whole game essentially just like on his phone. And then when it's his turn, he's like, okay, just wait a second. It, it, mm. Just texting people and stuff. Like there's this, like, I, I get it. Like he, he has this worry that if he doesn't text this person back right away, or if he can't look at his phone, something might happen there, but it's a little too much. Like th- that's mm-hmm. there's too much sensitivity to the possible implications of not being at your phone for a lo- about a minute. Mm-hmm. I- I'm salty here. I'm very salty. Yeah, that sounds like a neurotic tendency of your own. How's that? Because you're ir- irritated by you're feeling irritable about specific a specific thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, it, it's a little kind of respect thing. Uh, and also sort of a time thing because mm-hmm. I'm not going to say my time is precious because it's not super precious. You know, I waste a lot of it. But at the same time, like if, if, if we're going to spend time together, let's spend time together. And I, I think spending time just doing other stuff while you're there, it's, it's kind of disrespectful. Yeah. So for me that uh, I don't necessarily disagree, but it wouldn't irritate me right off. It wouldn't irritate me until I expressed my irritation and my point of view, had a conversation, we came to a conclusion, and then if they ignored it after that point, then I would start to get irritated. But up front, I wouldn't. I know playing D&D with a a group, it was a lot of new people, and there was one person who took literally minutes to figure out what they were going to do on each of their turn, and... Everybody else was very frustrated and I was the DM. So I had to kind of be the in-between and be like, all right, well, you people need to have some patience and then talk to that one person and be like, you need to have some understanding that you're holding everybody else up and kind of get everybody back on the same page. And being able to not feel that irritation myself kind of brought everything together to try and see, okay, well, where are they coming from? Like, this is how their brain works and this is how everybody else's brain works and how can we find a way that everybody can work together? So uh, that that's where that irritation doesn't get to me until if, it, if we had all been in an agreement, like, okay, well, we need to act this way and then they actively chose not to act that way anyway, that's when it would get to the that level. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I, I try to be explicit if that's going to be the case. It, it, mm-hmm. it's here's a good example so before my girlfriend moved in or before mm-hmm. like we started living together uh we decided to try out something where we just kind of like flip with each other but for for short term like a week or something like that mm-hmm. and what I, what i made very explicit is we're going to be doing this and normally when we hang out we're just like full attention on each other because that's how we are mm-hmm. but when we have this we're cohabitating mm-hmm. like I'm going to be doing things and I'm not going to be interacting with you. I'm going to be like on my computer or doing this, taking a shower, no, whatever. Right. We can mm-hmm. still have our time together, but there's these separate times here, but I have to be very explicit about that. Cause I don't know, maybe, maybe I am extra neurotic about this one point. I think that is a, a very specific neurotic tendency for you. Um, well, it, well, that's exactly what it sounds like, which I mean, as long as you have identified it and have coping mechanisms, it is what it is. Mm. But I wouldn't get frustrated with that until after I've expressed to them. I think you have an un, I have a an expectation that everybody sees it the same way as you, mm. and I just don't think that's necessarily true. Yeah, I, I don't think it's true, especially with the younger generation. 
Because mm-hmm. what the younger generation does, what I've seen, is that... Oh, stop laughing. <laughs> Old man shakes fist at Cloud. <laughs> hey, kids, get off my phone. <laughs> <laughs> what I've seen from them is that they'll hang out, but they hang out in the same room and just text each other, like text on the phone. And yeah. they just kind of do stuff. Like, I don't understand that. Like, like I don't. Like, if you're going to hang out with somebody, you got to hang out with them. You can't just like hang out in the same room and be on your phone. That's, I, don't, I don't know. This is my old man sense right here. Yeah, this is your old man sense. Uh, this is why I can't make friends with younger people. This is the only reason. This is why. <laughs> have, you a- have you asked them, like, what about that is, is enticing? It, it's not enticing, oh. so there's no reason to ask. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, this has actually been super, super interesting. Oh, let's go with the the final scores. Wait, did we? Yeah, we okay. We talked about everything. Um. So, high, high, low. You got thirteen out of fifteen of mine right, whether I was higher or lower than fifty percent, and I got twelve out of thirteen. So you were better at guessing whether it was out, over or under fifty percent, but we were both really good. Uh, what's, what's 13 divided by 15? You were at 87% accuracy, uh, to my 80%. Uh, so that's really impressive. And then within five, guessing within five, uh, you got five out of 15 or a third and I got seven out of 15, uh, which is almost 50%, 47% give or take. So super interesting that you were better at guessing whether it was up over or under 50%, but I was better at being very specific about like where exactly it is. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that is? That's, that's a wild statistic to me. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I couldn't tell you either. It's super interesting. I, I think part of it is like, I think I could have been more accurate with you if I would have guessed that. Like, like, if I understood you more from the outside perspective of other people, because mm-hmm. to me, you're very straightforward. Like, I can tell your emotions and everything, uh, mm-hmm. I, you know, and to me, you seem emotional, right? Uh, you might seem, I might seem emotional to you. I don't know, but no, no. Uh, okay. Well, you seem emotional to me. Like, I, I know your emotions. Uh, oh, well, you're wrong. Uh, <laughs> 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 but. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess from the outside perspective, it's a little bit different, and yeah, m- maybe I'm the baseline here. So me being the baseline isn't as accurate. Fair. Yeah, it's super, super interesting. I think we know each other fairly well, though. Those are really, I think, high scores for guessing. Over eighty percent, eighty percent or better, on on our things, and a third or better on our sp- very, very specific. So. Very good, very interesting, uh, and I hope other people will hop on to understandmyself.com, check it out, and uh, let us know how you compare. Do you know your Myers-Briggs? Yep, INTJ. Uh, which one is that? Do you remember? Uh, I don't know. It's been a while. INTJ. Oh, architect. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, just just as an aside here, uh, me and my girlfriend did this, and there's actually a cool function with uh, this because you can take two personality tests and combine them together, and it gives you like a relationship score or whatever, and, you know. And me and my girlfriend scored very different, uh, you know, 
she, she, she we scored similar uncertain sort of things. But uh, like for instance, she scored 89th in uh, politeness. Uh-huh. Uh, but that's just her being Canadian. So let's let's be honest there. That's, that's fair. Uh, but she scored a lot, a lot more on the sensitive side, or like a lot more on the, the other dimension than me. So we kind of balance each other out in that way. But it's it's it makes sense to me for her scores. But also, it's kind of like she, she can interact with me pretty well. So we don't have any issues. We're, we don't have any problem. We've never had to fight. Yeah, I got uh, INFJ or uh, the advocate personality type. And to be honest, after going through all of this, I think Myers-Briggs explains me better than this personality thing does, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting. And maybe it is, you know, that that effect of it could, aff- it could work for anybody. But I know I read it thinking about other people that I know, and it doesn't match them. Mm-hmm. And then when I find out what theirs is, I'm like, oh, that matches them. Mm-hmm. Um, more than this in this very tight experience, at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I may have denigrated the Myers-Briggs a little too much there. Uh, I do think it has those faults, potentially, but maybe not to the degree I, I was claiming. And I do think they can be valuable. Yeah, m- mine, you know, coincidentally, described me pretty well, too. So there's that. Like, I thought it described me very well. And I think those are more descriptive. But yeah. also, it's a matter of fact that they have, I think, like 16 different combinations of personality dimensions, where yeah. this is, you know, this is 10 right here, but it's not like, uh, it's not the same sort of descriptive nature. It's kind of, it's kind of high-level traits as opposed to uh, low-level traits, which the Myers-Briggs kind of gets at. Yeah. All very, very interesting. I'd be interested to see what uh, what other people get in their Myers-Briggs and their understanding myself. Um, so I hope they go on to facebook.com slash we need to talk show or at WNTT one on Twitter and let us know. Uh, are you a Pepin? Are you a meter? Are you neither in a scumbag? <laughs> and those are the only three options. If you want to see us do our relationship score, see how good we'd make it as a couple. Well, guess what? If you want to do that, we will. And if we make it, if we make a better couple than me and my girlfriend. Well, guess what? My girlfriend's going to start dating Meter's girlfriend, and then I'll start yeah. dating Meter. Yeah. We can do a swap That's a very good idea. I don't have a girlfriend, so I hope she still wants to be single. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been, this has been amazing, uh, and I appreciate you bringing it up. This is a good idea, Nathan, and uh, I hope people, people reach out to us. Do you think that there's... Do you do you think that there's anything that was missing from the big five aspect? Like maybe there's a sixth aspect, like the ability to see ghosts. Well, n- no, because people don't have the ability to see ghosts. That that's not a real ability. Well, you'd score in the zero percentile for that. Uh, I think everyone would, and there should be a self delusion category, which all those people who see ghosts in would score a hundred percent on the delusion aspect so on one side it's fully delusional on the other side it's not seeing ghosts